Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. This week is the off-season power rankings after researching literally every player in the Mountain West. I'm taking my shot on stacking up where each roster is at going into the 2024 season. Speaking of, the depth chart tracker is now updated with a full second string for every team as well as all holders and long snappers. You can find that link in the description of this episode or the Mountain West Connection site. Of course, I can't have an episode without a transfer portal update, so we'll go over that as well. Let's get down to business. Real quick, if you are an Apple Podcast listener, they made a weird change on their end. If you want your episodes to play normally, make sure you turn on automatically download. If you have automatically download on, everything should go back to normal. Okay, on with the show, starting with the transfer portal update. By far the biggest news is New Mexico star running back Ja'Cory Krosky-Merritt announcing that he is entering the transfer portal. The Alabama State transfer had a transcendent first year in Albuquerque, finishing second in the Mountain West with 17 rushing touchdowns and third in rushing attempts and yards. With one year of eligibility left, he'll likely end up on a Power 4 roster. His departure really sucks for the Lobos and Bronco Mendenhall, and they'll now need former Louisiana Monroe transfer Andrew Henry, who has over 1,300 total yards and 13 touchdowns in his career, to step up. The rest of the update is dedicated to San Jose State. Spartan star linebacker Brian Parham has committed to Washington and their new head coach, Jed Fish. The two-year starter finished the year with 106 tackles and is the first major piece of the Brent Brennan Spartans to officially leave. On a much more positive note, all-conference standouts Nick Nash and Sawane Tawoya announced their withdrawing from the portal. Nash was fifth in the Mountain West in touchdown catches and will be the best skill position player returning to San Jose in 2024. Tawoya had a great year solidifying himself as one of the best defensive linemen in the Mountain West with seven tackles for loss and five sacks. Now for my rankings of all 12 teams in the Mountain West, I've spent an unspeakable amount of hours looking at arrivals, departures, and returning production, so I think I have a good enough grasp on each team's roster to make this list. That being said, though, you can absolutely disagree with me. Eight months away from week zero, this means literally nothing. These rosters will look a lot different when we get to that point, and everything I'm looking at is on paper, which doesn't matter since football is played on grass or turf. Okay, let's start with the top and work our way down. Starting with my number one team, Boise State. Honestly, I didn't really put any weight into the conference championship for this ranking. Going strictly off of rosters, I really think this is still the team to beat. Ashton Genty needs no introduction. He's a potential Heisman candidate and a potential first round pick. The Broncos returned four of their five starters on the offensive line. And the defense, which was up and down last year, brings back nearly everyone. The top six defensive linemen led by first team edge rusher Ahmed Hassanane. You have two established impact players at linebacker with Andrew Simpson and Marco Notarini, and the secondary literally brings back everyone except one player, four solid corners, and last year's four best safeties, including Mountain West honorable mention Alexander Tubner. To top it off, all the starters on special teams are back, headlined by kicker Jonah Dalmas and punter James Ferguson Reynolds, who are respectively among the best in the country at their position. There's some notable losses, but only 30% of their starters are gone, which is the best return rate in the conference. The offense will miss Bronco legends running back George Holani, tight end Riley Smith, and left tackle Cade Beresford. Along with starting quarterback Taylor Green, who transferred to Arkansas, the defense loses two key pieces in linebacker DJ Schramm and corner Jalen Clark, who was arrested on a host of domestic assault charges, but that's it. No one else is gone. You'll realize how abnormal that is as we get down the list, but I really think that Boise State has the best roster in the Mountain West right now. Quarterback will sort itself out with Maddox Madsen playing well last season, as well as former number one overall recruit 
recruit Malachi Nelson coming to town from USC. I gotta get to our next team, but like it or not, the Broncos are probably going to be the preseason favorites again. At number two, I have UNLV. After their breakout season, I have reason to suspect that Barry Odom and the Rebels are playing for keeps. The go-go offense will be running at full speed with running backs Jet Thomas and Donovan Lester returning, plus transfers. The receiver room will be just as explosive. Ricky White III is back, fresh off a record-setting year of 1,483 receiving yards. So is All-American return man Jacob DeJesus. There's good depth past them, plus transfers. Tight end Kaleo Balangai is back. Three of UNLV's five starting offensive linemen are back, including tackles Jalen St. John and Tiger Shanks. On the other side of the ball, four of the Rebels' top five defensive tackles return. Four of their top five linebackers are also back, led by Mountain West first-teamer Jackson Woodard. The secondary will still be strong with their top two corners and top three safeties returning. Also, it should go without saying, add transfers to all of those groups. The only real downsides to UNLV's roster is special teams and edge rushers. Their 40% departure rate is fourth best in the conference. Defensive end Jalen Dixon was great, but they still lost their best other three defensive ends. Special teams has to replace All-American kicker Jose Pisano, as well as finding a new holder and long snapper. All in all, bet on UNLV to be just as dangerous as they were this season, except this time you will surely see it coming. At number three, I have Utah State. Bet you didn't see that one coming unless you're an Aggies fan. Blake Anderson is quietly bringing back one of the deepest and best teams in the Mountain West. No one knows who's going to start at quarterback, but they have four quality options. Hooper Legat and McKay Hillstead both played well in their stints as starters in 2023, and they added Utah's Bryson Barnes and Iowa's Spencer Petras, who both have extensive power for experience. Utah State's top three running backs are back with Devon Booth, Rashul Faison, and Robert Briggs Jr. combining for over 2,000 total yards and 13 touchdowns. The receivers, though they lose slot standout Terrell Vaughn, still have superstar Jalen Royals, who set a school record for touchdown catches last year. There's also great depth behind him. Three of their top four tight ends return, and so do four starting caliber offensive linemen. Defensively, even though the Aggies didn't blow anyone away last year, I was stunned to realize how much production they have coming back. Nine of their top ten defensive linemen are back, headlined by our defensive freshman of the year in edge rusher Paul Fitzgerald. Four of the Aggies' top five linebackers are back. Granted, that fifth guy is first-teamer MJ Tafisi Jr., but Anthony Switzer will definitely fill that void well. The secondary is a little less stable, with two starting quarters needing to be replaced, but three of their top four safeties are back, which of course includes the incredible Ike Larson. And the cherry on top, they bring back all their special team starters, and a whole lot of cherries on top of that, because the Aggies have already signed 21 players out of the transfer portal. Eight of them are from the Power Four, and nine of them are junior college players. There's too many to dive into here, but check out the depth chart tracker for a full list. That goes for all these teams as well. Maybe I'm overrating Utah State, but I really don't think so. There's so much talent on this team. They have the third best return rate in the conference, and they have all the makings of a championship team. At number four, I have Wyoming. Though I'm weary about how the Cowboys will perform under Jay Sawvell as opposed to the legendary Craig Bull, I have no worries about their roster going into 2024. They're still going to run the ball two out of every three plays, and that formula will continue to work with their top four rushers returning, including Harrison Whaley and five starting caliber players on the offensive line. The passing game will look different for sure, but it should still be good. Andrew Peasley graduated, but Evan Svoboda proved to be more than capable when given starting reps. The wide receivers graduated several contributors, but they are still a wealth of options in that room. Tight end Trayton Welch, who's been the Cowboys' number one tight end for the last three years, is gone, but John Michael Gillenborg was brilliant as a sophomore and is primed for an all-conference season as a junior. As you might have imagined, Wyoming's defense projects to be incredible once again. Eight of their top nine defensive linemen are back, led by great players like defensive tackle Jordan Burdick 
Foley and edge rushers Devon Harris and Sebastian Harsh. The Cowboys will miss two-time Mountain West first-team linebacker Easton Gibbs, who declared for the NFL, but their other top three backers return, led by Shea Suyanoa. The secondary brings back the majority of their main pieces, five of their top seven corners, and their top six safeties, including stud starters Wyatt Eckler and Isaac White. The special teams will need to deal with a new punter and holder, as well as new returners, but kicker John Hoyland and long snapper Carson York are both back. Wyoming usually isn't too active in the portal, but they have signed a few players, see them in the depth chart tracker. Even if there's a step back that's inevitable from a game management perspective, the roster, which I forgot to mention has the second best return rate in the Mountain West, could be even better now that Craig Bull has retired, which is a scary thought. This is the end of the top tier of teams. I really think that those are the best four rosters going into 2024. You could have them in any order and I wouldn't say a word. We'll get into the secondary tier, which was impossible to rank, so get ready everyone because at number five is Hawaii. Calm down, calm down, sit down Jeffrey. We'll get to your team in a minute. The Rainbow Warriors haven't been too great in Timmy Chang's first two years, but they've been undoubtedly heading in the right direction. Hawaii fans got quite the scare when Braden Shager entered the portal, but the gunslinger from Texas withdrew his name and is back in Honolulu for his junior year. His top two wideouts, Stephen McBride and Pofele Ashlock, are also back as well as three of their top four running backs. The offensive line is the concern here. They need to replace three starters there, including both of their tackles, so they have to figure that out because this team is only going to go as far as Braden Shager's arm will take them. Defensively, Hawaii has historically struggled, but they're on the right track for sure. Four of their top five defensive tackles return, though they did lose three of their top four edge rushers to graduation. They did lose linebacker Isaiah Tufaga as well, but they have two great players still there in Logan Taylor, who was granted a seventh year after tearing his ACL early in the season, and Jalen Smith. They have good depth there too. The secondary should again be the strength of this defense. Three of their top five corners are back, including preseason first team corner Cam Stone and standout freshman Elijah Palmer. The top four safeties are also back, led by star Peter Manuma, who kind of plays like Troy Palomalu. I swear it's got nothing to do with his long flowing hair. Timmy Chang has also brought in some solid transfer help, a bunch that could end up starting for them. They returned 43.3% of their starters, which is fifth in the conference. I get it's weird seeing them this high on the list, but I really think this could be the year that Hawaii gets back to being a force in the Mountain West. At number six, I have Colorado State. The Rams were one second away from getting back to a bowl game, but it slipped through their fingers, turning their attention to 2024. I see greater things ahead for this team. That starts with their air raid offense as it should. They found their quarterback of the future and sophomore Braden Fowler Nicolosi. Three of their top four wide receivers are back, including two-time Mountain West first-teamer Torrey Horton, who pushed the NFL back for a year to help bring Colorado State back to glory. Four of the Rams' top five running backs return, led by veteran Kobe Johnson and breakout freshman star Justin Marshall. The offensive line has a large hole in it. Colorado State needs three new starters, all on the interior, but they do bring back both of their starting tackles. The other large hole is Dolan Holker, who entered the draft after emerging as one of the best tight ends in the country. There is still good depth at that spot, but likely no one of his caliber. The defense, similar to the offense, has one real big problem. The defensive line will need to replace six of their top seven contributors, which is no small task, especially when you remember one of those guys is Defensive Player of the Year, Mohamed Kamara. The linebackers will be fine, with second-teamer Chase Wilson back for his senior season, plus solid depth. The Rams do have to replace three of their top four corners, but they've already added two starting-level players from the portal to help with that. The safeties will again be up there for the strongest group on the team, with incumbent starters Jack Howell and Henry Blackburn both returning. They also have the luxury of returning four of their five special team starters, though replacing kicker Jordan Noyce could prove to be a chore. Overall, I think this team looks even better than last year, and considering they underachieved in 2023, the Rams could be a team that surprises a 
lot of people in Jay Norvell's fourth year. At number seven, we have Air Force. Of course, Air Force disclaimer, you cannot accurately project a Troy Calhoun team. It can't be done. That being said, he's got his work cut out for him with their 60% departure rate being tied for the worst in the Mountain West. Four of the five quarterbacks on the roster graduated, leaving junior John Boucher as the lone player on the roster with experience throwing the ball. The Falcons have to replace their top four rushers and all five of their starters on the offensive line, which turns what's usually a given to be the best unit in the conference into a potential weak spot. They will bring back their top three receivers, which adds something to the equation. The defense is more intact than the offense, but they still have a lot to replace. Three of their four starters on the defensive line are gone, including first team selections, PJ Ramsey and Bo Richter. D-tackle Peyton Zdroik is an awesome player, but he's really all that remains. Air Force also has to replace their top two linebackers, though they get a boost with Camby Goff getting an extra year of eligibility. All three of the Falcons starting corners return, but they do need to replace their top three safeties, which includes Jim Thorpe award winner Trey Taylor. The most solid side of the team is special teams without question. All five starters are back. No transfer portal for the academy, so Troy Calhoun has to figure out how to make this roster into a bull team. He does it every year, so I don't expect this one to be any different, but I would be shocked if they were able to start 8-0 again. Let's just say that. At number eight, I have Fresno State. It feels so weird having the Bulldogs this low, but hear me out. I promise I have reasons behind this. First off, Jeff Tedford has to replace 56.7% of his starters, which is tied for second worst in the conference. They have their quarterback in Mikey Keene. They have no issues at running back either with their top four rushers returning, including breakout Malik Sherrod. They also return both starting tackles, but the rest of the offense is shaky. They're replacing three of their top four wide receivers and starting tight end Trey Watson, who transferred to Texas A&M. They also need all new starters on the interior of their offensive line, which is no small task. The defense should still be good, but there's no way they reach the levels they did in 2022. It's just not possible. They bring back seven of their top nine defensive linemen, but that's about it. The secondary is shredded with the Bulldogs losing their top two corners and three of their best safeties. The linebackers have to adjust to life without Lavelle Bailey and Malachi Langley, who combined for nine years of starting reps, so good luck to whoever has to start in their place. Special teams is also a bit of a concern with Fresno State needing a new punter, long snapper, and holder. They do have an incumbent kicker in Dylan Lynch and a solid return man in Malik Sherrod. With the Bulldogs not being too active in the portal so far, this is pretty much what the roster will look like going into 2024. And with the amount of holes on the lineup card, I am genuinely concerned about Fresno State going forward. We'll see what happens. At number nine, I have San Jose State. It physically hurt me to rank the Spartans here after all they accomplished in 2023, but the numbers don't lie. New head coach Ken Niamatololo has to replace 60% of his starters tied for the most in the Mountain West. Starting from the top, they have to find successors for quarterback Chevin Cordiero and running backs Kyrie Robinson and Quali Conley. The wide receivers should still be great with Nick Nash returning for his senior year, but they also lose their top three tight ends. Maybe worst of all, San Jose State has to find four new starters on the offensive line. The defense has pillars to build around, but there's real concerns to be had. Four of the Spartans' best defensive tackles are back, led by Mountain West second teamer Sawane Tawoya, but they need an answer on the edge. They lost their top three options there, including star Trey Smith. Linebackers should still be solid, but can anyone step up to fill Brian Parham's shoes now that he's transferred to Washington? I'm not sure. Far and away, the best group on the team is the corners, which brings back their top five players. But it's never easy with both of San Jose State's starting safeties leaving for the NFL. The special team should be a strength with four of five starters returning, so they'll be all right as long as they can figure out their long snapper. This was a reality check for me. Despite all of Brent Brennan's success, the job Ken Niamatololo took has the look of a rebuild. We'll see how the cards fall, but the Spartans have a lot of figuring out to do before the season starts. This is the end of the second tier. Five through nine, switch them 
however you see fit. I have not a single qualm. Now for the final unfortunate three. At number 10, I have San Diego State. As the Aztecs enter a new era under Sean Lewis, it may take a year or so for the team to get their feet under them again. They're replacing 56.7% of their starters, tied for the second worst in the Mountain West, but they've already hit the portal hard with 19 transfers already, so I'll mention those as we go. There's a lot of positives about San Diego State's offense going forward, especially with such a talented mind at the helm. Four of their top five rushers are back, along with three starting offensive linemen. The wide receivers project to improve with three solid players returning, led by Makai Shaw, who emerged as their top option last year. Two power four transfers will also make an impact, that being West Virginia's Jay Sean Polk and UCLA's Jerry McClure. The presence of tight end Mark Redman will be hard to replicate as he transferred to Louisville, but they have a ton of depth, with Sean Lewis bringing Colorado starting tight end Michael Harrison with him to San Diego, along with USC's Jude Wolf. Quarterback is still up in the air with two candidates vying for the job. Tobin Odell was Jalen Maiden's backup last year, and AJ Duffy transferred in from Florida State. Both are pocket passers, a big change from the dynamic speed Maiden had, which shows the incoming change in offensive philosophy. The positives aren't as plentiful on this side of the ball. The good news is that the linebackers will be great, with Cody Moon back for his senior year, along with two other starters. The bad news is a lot of things. The Aztecs need three new starting defensive linemen. They lost arguably their best player in linebacker Zyrus Fiaseu, who went to Arizona State. The secondary is similarly strapped, with three of their top four corners and safeties needing to be replaced. The special teams has some returning starters, but it's still going to be a drop-off from the greatness that was kicker and punter Jack Browning. I expect Sean Lewis will add a lot more players from the portal, but this team is still likely to finish near the bottom of the Mountain West. The offense needs a quarterback to emerge, and their transfers to carry the load. The defensive depth chart from week one has been ripped to shreds, and it's hard to expect what the remaining players will be able to do. They have a non-conference game against a good Cal team early on, so we'll see what this team is made of then. At number 11, we have Nevada. Unfortunately, this means the bottom two remain the same, for now at least. A lot can change in eight months, but the reality is that Jeff Choate is taking over a team that has won four games in two years. Even with a respectable 50% of their starters returning, it's an uphill battle for the Wolfpack to finish above the bottom three in the conference standings. The offense honestly has a lot of returning parts. Both quarterbacks that got starts in 2023, Brendan Lewis and A.J. Bianco, are back, and they added Brock Purdy's younger brother, Chubba, from Nebraska. Three of their top four rushers return, headlined by leading back Sean Dollars. Four of their five starting offensive linemen are back, as are their top four tight ends. The glaring issue is at wide receiver, where Nevada lost their top five pass catchers to graduation. They added two solid players from the portal in Louisiana Monroe's Darian Wiley and West Virginia's Cortez Brom, but they need someone to burst onto the scene or they'll have a real problem moving forward. The defense doesn't have as much going for it, but there's some good players to build around. Three of their top four edge rushers are back, and so are two of their best linebackers, led by day one starter Drew Watts. Both of the Wolfpack starting defensive tackles left for the portal. They also have to replace their two best corners and three best safeties, including stars Amani Johnson and Richard Tony Jr. To make matters worse, Jeff Choate has to deal with a new starter at every special team's position. I really like what Jeff Choate is doing in his short time in Reno, but he's climbing out of quite the hole. His work in the transfer portal is key to my optimism, and it'll be key to his team's success next year. Teams like UNLV have shown you can upstart your rebuild that way, though it's easier said than done. Like the Nevada faithful, all we can do is wait and see. And at number 12, we have New Mexico. Our final team is the Lobos, which is kind of what I expected. Just because Bronco Mendenhall has only signed a handful of transfers since arriving, I expect him to add a lot more starters from the portal before the season begins. That being said, this roster was blown to smithereens when Danny Gonzalez was fired. 22 players have either left already or are still in the portal, with four of their five all-conference selections being included. Quarterback is something New Mexico actually doesn't have to worry about, with Devin Dampierre showing flashes 
flashes of brilliance when he was on the field last year. He's QB1, no doubt about it. A lot of quality players make up the Lobos running back room, but the transfer of star to Corey Krosky Merritt is a brutal blow to any chance they had of making a bowl game in 2024. TCU transfer Kayla Medford was an honorable mention last year, but their other top five receivers are gone. Their top three offensive linemen are gone too. Despite all of the improvements New Mexico made under Brian Vincent last season, they're essentially starting from square one now. As for the defense, good news, bad news. The good news is that the Lobos' top five defensive linemen are back. Yay! Here comes the bad news. There's a lot of it. Leading tackler linebacker Alec Marenko entered the portal. They have to replace their two-star corners, Dante Martin and Zach Morris. They're also replacing three of their four best safeties. Apart from the front line, the defense has the same outlook as the offense. It's not good. Bronco Mendenhall needs to add some big-time playmakers out of the portal. It's that simple. If he doesn't, they may lose by 60 against Auburn next fall. There's some talent still here, but the portal has truly made an example out of a team that finished 2023 as a really solid football team. Just to recap, since I know that was a lot, let's work backwards along with my reasoning for putting one team over the other. New Mexico is at 12. I have Nevada at 11, mainly based off of the returning pieces on offense and their activity in the transfer portal. San Diego State is at 10, since what I just said about Nevada applies to them, but they're better off in both the returning talent and portal department. San Jose State at 9. Even with the portal departures, the Spartans have a lot more all-conference talent than the Aztecs. Fresno State at 8. This one is a toss-up, but I lean to the team with the established quarterback and running back. Air Force is at 7. Even though the offense has a lot of issues, the defense has a lot of returning players from what was one of the best defenses in the country last year, so I expect them to be elite once again. Colorado State comes in at 6. I think the offense will be elite as long as the offensive line can hold together and the defense has enough star power that they should be able to cover for the front seven's limitations. Hawaii at number five, the offense will continue to win games on their own and the defense continues to improve. I'm starting the Timmy Chang bandwagon. I suggest hopping on board now. Wyoming at four, their defense will be elite and the run game and offensive line will remain the standard that got them their best season in almost 30 years. Utah State at three, this team brings back their best players on both sides of the ball and may have the deepest roster in the Mountain West. UNLV at two, they return the vast majority of the players that took them to their first ever Mountain West Conference Championship and will only get better with everyone getting a second year together. And number one, Boise State, Ashton Genty, four returning starters on the offensive line and 16 of their best 18 players returning on defense. They're the team to beat. And that is it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode, which I mean at this time will actually be on a different sport. If you enjoyed the episode, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing helps the show out more than that, so any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Also, please, please, please check out the depth chart. Link is in all of our sites and the episode description. It's super detailed and I really think it's the only resource like it on the internet, so give it a look. Thank you again for listening. I've had a blast putting the depth chart and all of these shows together, so thank you to all of you for letting me have a platform for my college football addiction. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.